Tonight, if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along with us, we'll be in Matthew, the 8th chapter, primarily looking at verses 23 through 27. But Christ and his disciples one day were, were out, and he was doing miraculous healings and doing things that were astonishing to them. And in the eighth chapter, it starts out when he went to, when he came down from the mountain and large crowds began to follow him. And right away, a man with a serious skin disease came up and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. So Jesus reached out and touched his hand and said, I am willing to be made clean. And notice what it says. This is in chapter 8, verse 3. It says, immediately his disease was healed. There wasn't a pause. There wasn't a wait. There wasn't take two of these and call me tomorrow. It was immediately he was healed. Then Jesus told him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses prescribed as testimony for this. Then the centurion came. The centurion came to him and he said, Lord, I'm not worthy or fit and I am nowhere near ready for you to be under my roof. But my, my child is sick. But if you only say the word... Or his servant was sick, I'm sorry. His servant was sick. And he says, if you only say the word, they'll be healed. And Jesus, hearing this, was amazed. And he said to his followings, I assure you, I have not found anyone in Israel so great of faith. And I'm telling you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of, king, of the kingdom will be thrown into utter darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus told the centurion, get up and go. As you have believed, it is done for you. And the servant was cured at that very moment. Not a delay in it, not a restriction placed on it, but at that very moment. Then he goes on and he heals in Capernaum. Heals Peter's mother-in-law who's in the bed with a fever. She's sick. She's dying. And he just walks in and touches her forehead and she gets up immediately and begins to serve them that have just healed her. If you look in the book of Isaiah, it fulfilled the prophecy in Isaiah 53 and verse 4 when he said, He took upon himself our weakness, our sickness, and our disease, and by his stripes we are healed. But then the following began to get large. And they followed around him. And he gave order to go to the other side of the sea. And a scribe approached him and said, Father, teacher, I will go with you wherever you you go. Don't we a lot of times as Christians do this? We get something from God or something great happens and it's 
I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. God, I'm going to be here. You got a barbecue Saturday? Well, I'm going to go to that. Lord, I'm just going over here for a little while. Christ said that the foxes have den and the birds of the sky have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another one of his disciples that was following him said, Lord, let me go bury my father. And Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own. That's a whole different topic. But now in verse 23, it says that they were on the boat. He got in. His disciples followed him. And suddenly, there was a violent storm arose on the sea. So that the boat was being swamped by the waves. And he was sleeping. Now here is this humongous storm blowing in. His disciples being fishermen, his disciples being raised around the sea and being raised around water and on boats knew they were in peril. They were in danger of not making it out. And yet the man that called them and yet the man that had just done all these miraculous healings, just speaking the word and the servant was healed, just touching this hand And the leprosy was gone. And just walking in and laying his hand on a fevered brow. And all this storm that had blowed up in their life, all of a sudden they're out here and they turn around and they look and there lays Christ. Sleep. He had just laid down and went to sleep. Many of us have had storms in our lives. We've had troubles and heartaches and peril. And we don't understand why it's affecting us and why we're going through what we're going through. And when we start looking around, it seems like Christ is just laying over there asleep. That He's not involved in it. He doesn't care. It's what it looks like. A lot of times, people outside the church view Christians that way. They have a tremendous burden in their lives and in their hearts. They have anguish. They have a need. And what do we do? It looks like we're asleep and we've left them with no hope, nowhere to turn. Have you ever been to the place and point in your life when it seemed like there was no hope? There was absolutely nothing on this earth that could be what you wanted it to be and come out good. This afternoon, we were sitting there talking with John and Allison. For some reason, I think we started talking about names and different things and my chiropractor in Alabama that we went to, she, she was about this tall. And her mother referred me. So when she came out to the waiting room, as she walked up, me sitting down, we were eyeball to eyeball. And she looked at me and said, who referred you? I said, well, your mother did. 
and this utter look, just, oh, okay, come back. Because at her size, it was going to be hard for her to manipulate the joints and to get them back in line. But her license plate, her email address, and the sign above her door said, crack and pop. And that's what she went by. She had a CB radio. Her handle was Dr. Crack and Pop. And as I went in and I laid down on that bed that first day, and she come in, what's hurting? My neck. And she takes it and she rolls it around. And she's sitting there talking, and all of a sudden... And it pops. And it just, and then instantly, it was relief. She adjusted the rest of my body and she'd come down there and she fussed because I carry a billfold in my back pocket. Man, she says, we're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to just, I don't know what you're supposed to do with all that stuff. But she said, don't do it. But her treatment of me brought immediate relief and we were just talking about the name and John was laying over there in the bed and he said you know I've gone to some really good chiropractors who've done a fantastic job and then I've gone to some really bad ones that didn't do a good job he said, I've went to some that I would walk in humped over my back and I just hurt. I barely could walk. And he said, I would come out standing upright and straight and walking to the car and feeling fantastic. And he said, I've gone to others when I would go in and, and not feeling that bad, just needing an adjustment and come out barely able to make it to the car and to sit down. I think a lot of times, we as Christians, that's the way we live our lives to some people. You've got some really good Christians out here that when they go to them with a burden and a care and a heartache, they can help you and guide you and direct you. But there's a lot of us when somebody comes to us, we send them back in a lot worse shape than they came in. It's because we don't know the we don't trust God enough and we don't believe that what he says he'll do he'll actually do the disciples were prepared because here's this, here's this humongous storm and it's fixing to sink the boat so his disciples in verse 25 so they came and they woke him up saying Lord save us we're going to die But Jesus said to them, Why are you fearful, ye of little faith? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. The men were amazed, and they asked, What kind of man is this, that even the winds and the seas obey him? Have you ever thought about that in your own life? When you're out there being tossed and thrown about and, and it seems like there's no hope, there's no, no peace, no joy. And God can just speak one word. 
and calm it all. I've sat in waiting rooms and, and, and waited for people to come out of surgery or procedures. And, and bless her heart, Katie has been there with me more times than she ever deserved to be. And the doctors walk out and say, everything's fine. And there's a calm that just eases into that room. Have you ever been in a room or a situation where you were waiting on news? For the family member that you're praying for and you're worried about. And the doctors come out and they say, it's okay. We were successful. And when the storms are blowing and raging around, what do we do? We start to question. We start to doubt. They've seen the miracles that Christ had already performed. They saw with their own eyes, felt in their own family, things that were undoable by Instantly. Instantly. Took away all the sorrow and burdens. But that was for somebody else. He can do it for that man. And he can do it for that, one, that, that little servant. Or, or he can do it for another family member. But he can't do it for me. Have you ever felt that way? That God can take care of anything for anybody else but you? I know for, for us... When we left Alabama in 97, if you had told me before Brandon graduated high school that his grandfathers would not be here, they would be in heaven, I'd I'd call you crazy. Because these men were vibrant men that were active and doing stuff and just just all over. And we left and we came up here and the following August, my father passed away. Passed away in a room full of people that were there loving him and caring about him. And one of my relatives was there with him. And when I, we got to Alabama, he said, I'm sorry, there was nothing that I could do. Dad went home. The calmness that... that Another relative that was in the room said it was, it was eerily, eerie, calm. And how it just seemed to be such a relief that the heartaches and burdens and suffering were over. When Katie's father passed away, he laid that day, all day, laying his head right here on my stomach. And he wouldn't let anybody else around him. Because he, was, he didn't want to place a burden on them. And he thought as big as I was, and I know what he was thinking in his mind, and he was thinking, this lard behind can hold me up. And I stood there all day. I pushed him to the, opera, or to the testing center where they run the test to see why his arm was swelled. And there was blood clots from his fingertips all the way up his arm. And you could just see them spotted all over the screen. 
And the more the, she came up, the bigger they got. And she just looked. She didn't have to say anything. She couldn't tell us, but she just looked. And all day long, he would sit and lay up on me. And that night, everybody had went home. He had seen all of his nieces and nephews. He had saw his dad, his brothers, all of his children, and all of his grandchildren. And everybody had gone home. Katie, we had drove all night. Katie and them were took the kids and went up to her parents to go to bed. The others had gone to their homes. The only three left was his, bro- his youngest brother, his wife, myself. And we were standing there, and, and he, they said, we're going to go downstairs and get a cup of coffee. And as soon as they went out the door or turned from the bed, the only time that day he actually raised, and he raised up and he looked like this, and he watched them walk out the door. And then he looked up at me and he smiled. He smiled the biggest smile that I've seen him smile in years. And as they went out the door and closed the door, he laid back on that bed. And the minute that he laid down, he was grinning from ear to ear. And it was just peaceful. And I was talking to him, you know, are you, you know, what can I do? It was great to see everybody. And he didn't reply. But in a very instant, when it seemed like life itself would not, God took him home. And it was a peaceful calm because he knew where he was going. Tonight, I wonder in in your heart and your life, what troubles do you have that are raging all around you? And you don't have any, any hope. Are you ready to give it to Christ and let Him that can calm the sea with just a word take control? The disciples, very experienced boatmen, they knew how to sail. They knew what to do. They could have probably gone through and made the storm, but they were afraid and they went and they woke up I want you to ask yourself tonight in your mind and in your heart where can you sleep? Where can you get rest? We look back in Genesis and it says God created the world in six days but on that seventh day He rested. A lot of us as Christians don't know how to rest. We don't get sleep because we're up, because we're tossed to and fro by everybody in this, and we don't give it over to God and let Him direct and to guide. The one that with one word can silence and calm all the storms in our life. And we have people in the church, a core group of people that are mainly here tonight, that fall in that 80-20 law. That 80% of the work being done is done by 20% of the people. 
And there's some of us in here tonight that need to step back and let others get a blessing and joy by doing something for the Lord. And not depending on somebody else. Not depending on ourselves. Let someone else have it. The company that I worked for one time, I had a boss, and every time that we need to do, I'll get somebody to do it. Well, we need to have some. I'll have somebody over there. So we went and had these name tags made up that said somebody. Because one of us four was going to be the one that was sent. And we knew that. So the next meeting we walk in and we, everybody had to wear a name tag. So we all walk in with somebody on that name tag. Everybody in the room except the little feller in the gray suit up front thought it was funny. Tonight I want to ask you, is it time for somebody else to do something? Is it time for you to give up your hurt and your pain and your, your investment that you're the only one that can do it? We all need to rest from time to time. Katie's father would come in and he would have driven a truck and been on the road for days and days and he would come in and you, you couldn't find him. And he would be in the sleeper of the truck with the truck running because he could sleep with the vibration. But he had to have rest. And he would tell me, you know, sometimes your body will just say enough is enough. Tonight I want to tell you that God is telling us we've carried this burdens. We've rocked this storm. We've rode it out long enough. It's time to give it to Him and let Him calm it and let Him restore it, renew it, and immediately, immediately take care of everything that we have. Father, tonight we thank you for the ones that are here. Father, we know there are some that are still traveling. God, we just ask that you be with them and watch over them. Father, we have some that are fixing the travel. And Lord, we just ask that you, God, you just put your arms around them and, Father, protect them. Give their families peace while they're out and gone, Lord. Father, we look around and we see people that that have storms raging. And Father, we know that you can calm those storms. Father, as we said this morning, people that have their life in a turmoil and they're tore up on the inside, they're suffering and they're hurting, but God, they don't want to let anybody in and they don't want anybody to help. Father, we just pray and ask that God, you give them the strength, Father, to to be healed and to find peace. Father, that you will calm the storm in their life. And Father, there's times when your children just just need to follow your example, Lord, and they just need to rest. Father, we just ask tonight that whatever the need is in each life, that Father, you'll surround them with your mercy and your grace. 
Father, you'll put a burden in our hearts and our lives that we'll be the one to give them the help that they need. Father, that when we lay down at night to go to sleep, that, Father, we can sleep peacefully and rest because you have it all in control. You have every burden, every care, every sickness, every need, every, Father, everything that is in your will for our hearts and our lives. God, you have it in control. Father, we thank you for those that are willing to serve in this church. Father, we just ask that you bless their hearts with rest and with, Father, fill them up with calmness. And Father, that we would all be like the disciples. When the storm starts raging, we, we wake you up. Father, that you're not asleep in our hearts, you're not asleep in our lives. But Father, we've pushed you off to the side so far that we've got to come find you. And when we do find you and we say, Father, we need you, you speak one word and you calm it all down. Lord, we thank you for the opportunities that we're going to have in the next few weeks, Lord, of, of our children and our youth in this community bonding together, Father. And Father, in a few weeks of the men being able to bond together and see that other men are worshiping and serving you, and Father, that that we need to stand together and be strengthened. And Father, that our ladies that had such a great turnout for Mother's Day dinner here, God, that you'll strengthen them and encourage them and lift them up, Lord. And Father, that we could be found sleeping peacefully when the world is torn apart. When the world says there's, there's trials and troubles and tribulations, God, we can just lay down and rest because we know that you're still in control and that you're still guiding our ship. Father, we thank you for those here tonight. God, we just ask you to get them home safe. And Father, that you bring us all back together, that we can worship and serve in your name. For it's in your presence. Or in your, in your son's name we pray, Lord. Amen.